Who would have thought that the best lesson you possibly could have ever learned in life was from a box of dead mice? <laughs> Go figure. Welcome, everybody, to Scatterbrain Podcast. Hope you're having a great week. I tell you what, right now I'm sitting in my office, I'm looking out the window. I'm here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And we have a blizzard. Yes, it's April 14th. We have a blizzard. We're looking at about 10 inches of snow, lots of ice, uh, whiteout conditions. So wherever you are, hopefully it's better than where I'm at. So let's get on today. I want to say thank you for sharing the podcast, for rating the podcast. Again, thanks for your questions. And as always, this is my podcast to better talk through my journey, maybe your journey, help you teach and learn some things about entrepreneurship. Uh, Again, um, I am going to be launching an app that's going to be global in uh, probably about six months. And I'm starting to learn more and more about this as I go through and I want to help bring some things to your world and help teach you. Again, I had another great week. I met with my patent attorney. He thinks we have between five to 10 possible patents. We're going to file for those this next week, provisional patents uh, to start with. So it's very excited. I'll keep you posted. But that leads me into a question that came this last week. And remember, if you have questions, you can send them to me at scatterbrainquestions at gmail.com. The question is, why, Garth, why can't you tell us about your business? Trust me, everything inside of me wants to tell you. But right now, with the investor that I'm working with, uh, and with all the money that's on the table, and through good uh, insight from my lawyers, they have said, do not say anything until the provisional patents are in place, and until the business is about to launch. And then when that happens, I will tell everybody about what I'm doing, because I think it's going to be a hit. Like every other entrepreneur or else we wouldn't be doing it, right? No one says, hey, I'm going to start this, and I think it's going to suck. Hey, can't wait for it to fail. So we shall see. But right now, let's get into today's podcast, which I was going to call the types of people an entrepreneur need. But really, as I think about it and look at it, I think we really need to call it, uh, well, possibly. You can call it whatever you want after you listen to. Uh, in fact, I'm sure after you listen to my podcast, you, you call them different things. But today's going to be called the entrepreneur necessities or the entrepreneur essentials. And I'm coming at this with the idea of these are the things or these are the people that you need in place or in your life as an entrepreneur. So what I want you to get the mind wrapped around today is that who you surround yourself with in entrepreneurship is crucial. There are so many entrepreneurs I've met out there who are either A, afraid to surround themselves with people because they're afraid someone's going to steal their idea or rip them off, or it's just like an ego thing, like I can do it all on my own. And some people just don't know any better. They don't know to put someone around them or many people around them in entrepreneurship in order to be a success. But it is crucial. Your success is crucial, and it really rests on those you put around you. So I don't know if you ever heard about this story. It was uh, shared by Dallas Willard, who talked about an experiment done with mice. Uh, This was a few years ago. A researcher found that when you gave amphetamines to a mouse in solitude, just one mouse in a box, give them 
uh, amphetamines that you can give that mouse a very high dosage uh, and, and it's still almost lethal to the point where it will finally kill it. Uh, so, I mean, it takes a really high dosage to, to kill this mouse. And hold on, don't, don't write me letters yet. This isn't my experiment. But they also found out that if you give amphetamines to a group of mice, uh, that they start hopping around and getting hyper, and that these mice, they feed off of each other's frenzy, and you only have to give them a fraction of the dosage, and it's lethal to all the mice. So you have one mouse in solitude, you have to give it a huge amount of amphetamines to kill it. You get a box full of mice, you give them very little of an amphetamine, but they hype each other up so much off of each other's behavior that it becomes lethal to all of them. Here's the most incredible finding, though. If you take a box of mice and you give them that fraction of a dose of amphetamines, as they are hyper... You put one mouse in the middle of them that's not on anything, that has no amphetamines in its system, and it feeds off of that hyperness of the other mice, and it also dies within 10 minutes of the other mice. In fact, it was noted that they kind of go off like popcorn. One dies, another, 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 and they all die. So that one mouse that wasn't on anything fed off of those other mice that were surrounded, it was surrounded by and dies because of the behavior of others. I I tell you what, in the world of entrepreneurship, that should scream through your brain because the people that you surround yourself with in this journey of business, entrepreneurship, whoever is in your network, they are going to say more about your success or failure than anything else, than anything else. No matter who you surround yourself with, you look to them a year after you launch, and you will see whether or not you were set up for success or failure by that, that network of friends or people that you surrounded yourself with. <clears throat> so first thing you need to really get your head wrapped around as we get into this is you have to know your weakness because you don't know who to surround yourself with necessarily all the time until you first look at your weaknesses. So, I mean, someone, uh, you got to surround yourself with people who are strong in your areas of weakness, and there are going to be a lot of them. Most of you aren't specialists in every area. I know I'm not. So the question to ask, ask yourself immediately, what are my weaknesses? What do I need help in? The truth is, as many of you don't even know all the areas you need help in, but let's get going. So I love this quote by Herbert Baird Swope. He says, I can't give you the formula for success, but I can give you the formula for failure, which is to try to please everybody. I'm rewriting that for you as an entrepreneur. The formula for failure with entrepreneurs is, not, is, uh, is to not know your weaknesses. That's really the key to your failure. And the key to your success is to know your weaknesses and bring in people around you to help in those areas. So here's the question I ask myself. What are my weaknesses? What are Garth Eckman's weaknesses? Well, first of all, for the area of business that I'm going into, uh, I need to be a techie. I'm not a techie. I know nothing about alpha testing, churn rate, cloud sourcing, growth hacking, hockey bucket, project baseline, pivot, scrum, Sherpa, UI designer, UX designer, wireframe, and it goes on and on. I know nothing about that. Well, I should say I didn't know anything about that. So not being a techie was a huge weakness because the area I'm going into is very much a techie industry. Now, I've learned about many of those, and in fact, turns out I'm a pretty good UX designer. I didn't even realize it. But I've started to keep a glossary 
on all of the terms and all the things that I don't know. <clears throat> Excuse me. And if you want that glossary, email me at scatterbrainquestions at gmail.com and I will send it to you. There are over, uh, over 200 some terms that I've had to learn. But one of my main weaknesses going into this business, developing this app, is that I'm not a techie in any way, shape, or form. I'm what I call a creative leader. I can lead and I'm very creative. Here are my other weaknesses. I have no business degree. I have a master's in management, but no business degree. I do not know how to write code. I do not understand IP laws or patent laws. I don't know how to do web design. I'm not the best at social media. I'm not a detailed person. I'm not a marketing genius. I don't know whether to build, to sell, or to build, to run. I don't know to go to IPO or to go privately owned. All these things within my field of entrepreneurship that I just don't know. So I have to fill in my weaknesses. I have to figure out to find people, A, that are qualified, B, that I can trust, and C, that can give me some time. And, and all of those are key when trying to find someone to build around you in your network to fill those weaknesses. So uh, I, I'm going to give you a list of the people that I found to be the most important in my life, and then we'll, we'll fill in a little after that. And by the way, by knowing your weaknesses and filling in the gaps, you attract success. You attract success. We, we oftentimes think, so what are the things we have to do to be successful? And I definitely believe we attract success by who we bring around us. So again, by knowing your weaknesses and filling those in. So these are the areas that I've had to build mentors and people around me uh, for my weaknesses. The first one is in the area of money or raising funds. Every entrepreneur at some point has to raise funds. A good friend of mine, David Hoheimer, he's of Hoheimer Wealth Management Group of Wells Fargo. Great guy. Known him for years. And every time I have a conversation with him, I seem to learn something new. But here are the two things he taught me when I talk about being an entrepreneur and going after money. First thing he told me is don't talk yourself out of money. And by that, he means if you get in front of a group of investors and start asking for money, simply ask for money and then shut your mouth. He has told me stories of people who get up and begin to talk about the money that they need, and people are ready to give it, they're ready to write the check, but then the person keeps on talking and literally talks themselves out of the money. So go in, ask, let them ask, you ask for money, let them ask some questions, answer short and concise answers, because people want to give you their money. Second thing he taught me is when do you take money? Whenever it's available. If somebody wants to give you money, you take it. Uh, there's never a no when someone wants to give you money. And you might say, well, I, I don't want to water down my equity. There's always a way to work around that. But if there's money available, David would tell you, take the money. Okay, next thing I needed to have around me. Next person I need to have around me was a lawyer or legal advice. Uh, specifically for my business as an entrepreneur was an IP lawyer and a patent attorney. So I had find an intellectual property attorney and a per patent attorney here in Minneapolis. I highly recommend Davis, uh, Davis Law and also um, Eduardo. Um, and I'm, I'm skipping out on his name, but uh, Eduardo, a fantastic um, IP attorney, uh, I, I will get you more information on that in a little bit, but uh, they're both 
incredible. But here's what they taught me uh, and as far as my weakness. Eduardo would ask me, is it new and does it add value? And you have to stop and as excited as you are about what you're going to do, the truth is, is you have to ask yourself, if it's not new, then maybe I'm spinning my wheels. And if it doesn't add value, then why should I pursue it? Second thing I learned from my lawyers is you can patent it even if it doesn't exist yet, which blew my mind. So when we're writing code and when we're doing things for this app, he said, what are the things you think will come out of this if it's a success? And if it's a success, what are the things you think you need to add? And let's write for patents regarding those now. Again, I didn't know this. I didn't know this. This was brand new to me. But again, having people around you and your weakness. Third one, when I talk about being techie, uh, again, and I'm not, the very first person I added to my team, his name's Annabel Velarde. He writes code, understands code, works for a huge company that, that he oversees different teams. He taught me about Scrum, API flowcharts, how to better understand software applications, and just giving me a, a better handle on what you're doing when you talk to people who are writing code for you. Probably the best thing he, he taught me is what he calls the 20% rule. And it means it's always going to take 20% longer and it's going to cost 20% more than expected. So when we first started to talk to teams about writing code, they said, we can do it for this amount and we can do it in this time. And he said, at least add 20% more to the time and at least 20% more for the cost. And he has always proven to be right because in the world of code, it's always going to take longer. It's always going to be more. I would have been frustrated many times had I not known that. The next person you need to add around you, or at least for me, is I had to I had to bring in a specialist for the area that I am pursuing within what I want to start as this business or this entrepreneurial venture. So I had the opportunity to sit down with Gary Vaynerchuk and uh, actually have a good chunk of time to sit and talk to him. I admire Gary because he's able to see around the corners. He's able to see the future. Uh, I love what he says. He day trades attention. He wants to know where are people paying their attention. I think he's got an incredible gift. I listen to his podcast. I listen to everything he puts out on YouTube. And in listening to him and, and then having the opportunity to sit and talk with him for a while, I've really learned that, and, and this is really, really key, is that I have to pay attention to the people that I think my business is being launched to. See, I can pay a lot of attention to the business and to people who are in that business, but more importantly, I have to pay attention to the people who are using that business or who are using apps of that sort. I need to get in there and understand what they're thinking and how they're using it and what they're doing. See, sometimes we get uh, so consumed with looking at our competition, but we don't look at our competition's customers. And you will learn a whole lot more looking at their customers than you will just the competition. Secondly, I think the thing that Gary talks about that I've learned, it's not about the long haul. That's not what I can do in a day, but it's always what I can do in a lifetime. Look at, the, look at the long, 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 long storyboard ahead of you. Don't get wrapped up in just this next day or this next week. All right, I've also had to have business mentors around me. 
I have run quite a few businesses. Uh, I've had some that were successful, some that have failed, but they've all been on a smaller scale compared to what I'm about to launch. So I've had business mentors such as Gary Tuttle. Uh, he builds things for NASA. Dave Gary, a uh, very successful business uh, man who's a friend of mine. Heinz Gruben Vattenholt. Uh, a very strong German man that I've had the uh, the privilege to know who's very successful. And also uh, another friend of mine, his name's Mike Kirschbaum. Uh, Mike does a little bit of everything, very successful. But as I have built these mentors, these business mentors around me, two of the things that I look for in business mentors is have they failed at numerous things? And more importantly, have they succeeded at numerous things? Because if they've failed at numerous things and they've succeeded at numerous things, then I feel like I can trust them and trust their insight. So here are a couple of things that they have always taught me. Uh, Number one is build things that have residual income. So whatever you're doing, make sure that it has a continual residual stream of income. Don't build something that will just immediately be, you know, if you build a widget, and all you can do is sell widgets, someone's going to come along with a better widget, and at some point in time, that's going to dry up. Look into things that will have continual residual income. The second thing, and I hope you can get your head wrapped around this, because this might be worth the whole podcast. And this came from uh, Dave Gary. He said, don't build an aqueduct when digging a well is cheaper, easier, and will take care of your family just fine. So what he means by that and what I got out of that is we can think of these massive ideas like I'm going to build an aqueduct from this sea and it's going to go through these mountains and it's going to uh, parlay into all these villages and, and it's going to cost all this money. You know what? For a lot of hard work, it's a whole lot cheaper, a whole lot cheaper just to dig a well. Uh, and in the long run, it's easier. So yeah, it's you and a shovel. You got to dig a hole. It's going to take a while, but guess what? It's going to be plenty of water for your family, and it'll provide an extra stream of income, no pun intended, and it's going to be a lot less risk. But sometimes we as entrepreneurs, we look so far down the road at such huge, massive things to take on, and I'm not trying to talk you out of your dream. I'm just giving you some good common sense that sometimes... It's easier to look at something that will that we can launch on a smaller scale, less risk, and it'll do just fine in providing extra income and a little more freedom for our family. All right, here's some other things that you need. And I have some of these people in place. Some of them I don't. I think everyone needs cheerleaders. My parents and my boys are incredible cheerleaders. Uh, I, I have parents who think I can do anything, which I'm blessed by. My boys are also both very supportive. They're creative and they're both disruptive. So they've helped me with this business, thinking through things. I think you need someone who's good with the process. Uh, It's not enough to know what needs to be done. Trust me, you need to know how it needs to be done. So you may go, I know this, I know this has to be done. Okay, but do you know how it needs to get done, how it needs to be done? So you need people who understand process. And probably specifically in the area of the business that you're going to do. You need someone who's going to push you out of your comfort zone. Now, I'm a risk taker, but trust me, in this area of app and code and building, I've had to have people push me because I've wanted to wait until every last little tiny finite detail is done with the app before we launch. And I'd have, I've had people around me who know more than me who push me and say, look, 
You can't do that. You've got to get it out there. If you wait for perfection, you're dead. So they, for me, it's a risk to launch without all the bells and whistles. But hey, that's a risk. We got to do it. This next one's really important. You need someone to critique your communication style. If you do things in print or social media or blog or whether you talk in front of investors or your team, you need someone you trust who can critique your communication, your body language, your eyes, your words, tone, stories, confidence. Because listen, here's the truth. You are only as good as how well you can communicate. If you don't communicate well in any one of those ways, be it your body language, your eyes, your facial expressions, how you talk, you do so much damage without even realizing it. Now, I'm very confident. Uh, I feel like I'm a great communicator. But one of the things my wife uh, tells me a lot is when you're quiet and you're just sitting there, you're like pissed off. You have to smile more. When you're around people, smile. Now, usually I'm a chatterbox, uh, if you couldn't tell. But there are times when I'm sitting somewhere in an audience or at a conference or somewhere, and I'm just sitting and I'm listening. And I'm, I'm so intently listening that it looks just like I'm mad. And my wife will tell me sometimes, people aren't going to approach you because, A, you're a big dude. You're, you know, you're 6'3", 280, and you look mean. So smile. Crack a smile. So, again, she speaks into my life about how to, uh, how to better communicate. I know I can come on like a bull, uh, and so sometimes because I can come on like a bull, I then pull way back, and I need somebody in my communication style to help me you know, find that, that middle vibe. So you need someone who can help you with communication style. It's, it's incredibly important. Uh, next, you need someone who keeps you consistent. Uh, who's holding the reins and making sure you're going through your to-do list? It's not about how smart you are. It's not about how networked you are. It's just about how persistent and consistent you are. Do you have a to-do list? Are you following it daily? Are you checking things off? Uh, you know, I have for my business like four different to-do lists. Then I have my daily to-do list. And then I also have a to-do list for another side business that I'm starting as well. But I look at those constantly because it's about consistency and persistence in what I want to do. Next, you need someone who's deadline-minded, who will keep your nose to the grindstone. What you basically need is someone who's going to say, is it done yet? Is it done yet? Is it done yet? Is it done yet? You also need someone who's disruptive. What if your business is successful? What if it's not successful? And in either of those cases, well, then what? So one of the things we talked about last week is if you're successful, great, that's awesome. But many times success comes from if it's not successful, then what do you do? Uh, You also need people that are diverse, people who are different than you in work, ethnicity, culture. You know, the problem with being an old white guy, which I am, is that I'm an old white guy. And I'm actually pretty hip for a white guy. Pretty fly for a white guy. But uh, I hate to say it because, you know, I think of myself as creative. But uh, even then, I'm still an old white guy. And over half the country's female. Uh, over 20% of the country's Hispanic. I probably am going to have a hard time relating with uh, a large majority of the country due to the culture, the ethnicity, all of these things. So I need diverse people around me to help me figure out what I'm doing in regards to my business and how it can affect them and how I can grow it within the realm of all those different variables. 
Also, you need to expand your vision. People who help you see beyond, 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 beyond. So if your business is successful and money starts coming in, then, then what? Where do you put your money? In more advertising? In other businesses? In, uh, you know, product and development? In hiring staff? So you need to start thinking about those things before they ever happen. So here's what everyone needs. Okay, as an entrepreneur who talks with other entrepreneurs, works with other people who are new in business, this is a list of things that you need that drive me crazy because there are so many entrepreneurs out there who don't do this. Number one, you need Google. Have you heard of Google yet? Uh, maybe it's got to your area. Uh, it's this uh, website uh, called google.com, and you can find anything you need in Google. But it's not about just finding it. It's about learning how to go to the nth degree to page 1,246 on your search results and find everything you need to find. You need to put in the time to study and search, and by the time you've read a thousand different things, then read a thousand more. Next, you need to be able to ask anyone questions. Get around people that will answer, that have the answers to your questions. Sometimes we think those that are rich or successful or busy, they don't have time for our questions. Guess what? When you ask people questions, it's flattering. People like to be flattered. You would be surprised at what questions you can get answered just simply by asking them. So find the people who are qualified, ask questions. Uh, last couple things, podcasts. I'm not going to tell you what podcasts I listen to, but you need to find podcasts that speak directly to you, to your life, family, business, etc. Listen to them. If you're listening to music, treat music like dessert. You should be listening to podcasts for your meat and potatoes, and once in a while, maybe listen to music. That's my own opinion. You need to go to the bookstore and the library. You need to constantly be perusing the magazines as they come out uh, within regards to your business. What are things that are coming out in the future? What's going on? You need to go to the bookstore, look at the top business books or whatever books in your field to the library. Constantly research, 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 study. Now, I'll tell you a true story. This happened about three, four years ago. Uh, my background is I used to own a gym. It was voted the number one gym in the country at one point. I also have worked with kids almost my whole life with adolescents. And I also have traveled and spoke on brain development in regards to adolescence. So a friend of mine brought me to a, a, a team that was going to develop an algorithm in order to better coach kids in athletics. And they wanted me to be a part of it. So I took a couple weeks and studied and just got on Google and did a bunch of research. We met up for lunch one day and I met two of the investors and I met uh, to the two guys behind it. And we started talking. And after just a few minutes of talking, uh, I, I couldn't believe that they didn't realize that what they had wasn't new. They were convinced it was new. And we started to have this debate, and I started to pull out all these other companies and all these other websites that were already doing what they were doing. I said, it's already out there. And the uh, the guys who started it, I'm sure maybe a little worried because the investors are sitting right there, and they'd already dropped some serious change into this. Uh, they were saying, well, no, it's not new. It's not like ours. And I said, well, yeah, it is like yours. In fact, a couple of them are even better. And we it got really tense. Uh, but they hadn't even heard of these companies. And I'm thinking, my goodness, you go out and you raise half a million dollars 
and you sell this idea that you've got something new and you sit down with a knucklehead like me who hasn't really been in that area or that industry, but did a few days research and I come back and in some ways I know more than you do. And guess what? Now, four years later, everyone's lost their money and it's gone nowhere because they didn't do the hard work. Look, I may not have the smartest team. I may not have the best team, but what falls back on me is my ability to study and read and research. And I like to, I like to pride myself in that no one's going to study or read more. In fact, I read a book a week. Here's a bonus for you. If you're thinking, how do you read a book a week? Because I hear people say this all the time. How could you read a book a week? It seems impossible. It's not impossible at all. In fact, reading a book a week is so simple, I'm going to teach you right now. So grab a book off the shelf that you want to read in a week. Let's say it has 250 pages. Great. Divide that by seven. Okay, so 250 pages is 35 pages a day. You go, that's still a lot. We'll divide that by three. Guess what? That's only 11 pages. So you get up and you read 11 pages in the morning, 11 pages over lunch, and 11 pages at night, and by the end of the week, you've read a book of 250 pages. Boom. Now, here's also crucial information. When you read that book, you're highlighting it, and you're filing everything that you read that's relative or relevant, I should say, to what you're trying to start in business. I like to use uh, an app on my phone called Cam Scanner take a picture of what I'm reading so I can file it. You can do it a million different ways, but you've got to learn how to study, how to read, how to research. All right. So someone once said that failure is a few choices and error every day, and success is a few simple disciplines practiced every day. I'd like to add that a few key conversations with people who can fill in the gaps every day will bring success. So what are your weaknesses? Have a few conversations every week with people who can fill in the gaps to those weaknesses. Your ability to have success will multiply by a thousand. So, hey, thanks for listening to Scatterbrain. And don't forget to share this podcast. Don't forget to rate it on iTunes. And remember, you can always bribe me with quality root beer and beef jerky. If you have any questions, send them to scatterbrainquestions at gmail.com. Remember, if you want my glossary, reach out to me. I'll be more than happy to send it to you. And as always, thanks for letting me bring my match to your volcano. See you next week.